2: Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart Podcast. your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? But Daryl, there's
0: all kinds of stuff going on. Let me tell you. I'm it, just
2: it, it's ugh. so much fun right now, and uh, the discussions that are coming uh, on the heels of Outbound and, and uh, after talking with our good friend James Fr- uh, Franz last week, what an, it, it's just a great time uh, to be selling. It's a great time to be changing. It's a great time to be um, improving. And, and I, I just absolutely love, Larry, the conversations that we get to have with each other, with our friends, with our guests. And I love the community of, of innovators that is forming around all this. I mean, we're finding people that are, are dedicated to being authentic, but they also have an open mind. Uh, to figuring out what it's going to take to be even more successful and even more helpful uh, to their clients in in the months and years to come. And man, this is just such a blast.
0: Yeah, I I mean, it is. And and sometimes I just pinch myself, dude, because, you know, and I know we're going to be talking about it on this podcast today, but, you know, over the last couple of years, just to see the movement around selling from the heart and what it means and people just all over the world just coming out and saying, you know what? this is me. I can align to the message. It just, it makes me feel great that, yeah. you know, it, we're doing, we're doing great work, right? You know, we'll pat ourselves on the back, but I mean, I always say selling from the heart's a lifestyle. It's a sales
2: lifestyle and people are starting to take notice of that. It is. It's an attitude of authenticity. And by the way, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing uh, community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine being authentic, delivering true value. We call it selling from the heart. And before we dive into our, our conversation today with our guests, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Send Out Cards. It is so cool, Larry, to be, be able to see, uh, I love the snapshots that come back from people that receive cards. You wouldn't think this, uh, but you know we're sending out cards to, to people. They're personalized, they're genuine, they're relational. And uh, unlike mail that gets thrown in the trash and emails that get hastily deleted, I mean, we're seeing these things sitting on people's desks, which is incredible.
0: Yeah, it, you, what was really interesting is a couple of days ago, I got a thank you card from somebody who you send out cards because I was on the podcast with Cody Bateman from Send Out Cards and Cody's the CEO of Send Out Cards. This person listened to the podcast and sent me a send out card
2: thank you note. Oh, man, that's so That was cool. kind of cool. Yeah, just creative ways to, to have a relational touch. And if you want to learn more, go to cards.sellingfromtheheart.net. We'll also put that in the show notes. But today, I am so excited about the guests that we have and the conversation that we're about to, to engage in. I think you're going to find super useful. Larry, why don't you introduce our guest and let's dive in.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to hold anything against Carson because Carson lives in the Midwest and his baseball team just happens to always beat the you know what out of the Dodgers. So we won't even go there. But uh, gosh, I met Carson Hetty online just a couple of years ago and we just started striking up a friendship and which led to a phone conversation. I go, man, it seems like we've known each other for years. And I go, hey, you want to come on the podcast? He goes, absolutely. And Carson's a sales leader for Microsoft. He's a best-selling author, a birth of a salesman, and, and I, personally, I just can't wait to dive into the topic that we're going to talk about. So, without further ado, Carson Hetty, welcome to Selling from the Heart,
1: gentlemen. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity,
0: and you know, I've been a fan of you
1: guys for forever. So, for me, this is very fulfilling. So, appreciate the time. Um, well, that, that's great so
0: because you're probably our only fan. So, thank you. <laughs> well, you, you send me a card, Larry. So that. Uh... <laughs> That's
1: why I wanted to come on to talk about the card and how endearing it was. <laughs> was that the card or the Cardinals? Well, Aww,
2: hey, man, so we could be on about <laughs> them for hours. Oh. <laughs> oh man, we've got we've got so many good things to talk about today. I'm curious as we start, Carson, that the question we ask all of our guests is: when you hear the words "selling from the heart," what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. It's um, you know, and you guys touch on all the obvious implications, but I, I believe strongly the buying process is so personal for people and relationships are so valuable in this space. So for me, selling from the heart has always been being genuine, being transparent, being customer obsessed, you know, granted, those are some buzzwords, mm-hmm. but also being very responsive. And not only is you're working toward a deal, but over the course of the relationship, whatever that looks like. And I think that's also where we as sellers can best stand out and set ourselves apart.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, it's interesting because you, you, you touched on a couple things, obviously the transparency part of this and so forth. And I feel that as a sales professional, you can be transparent. It's all a mindset. But one of the things that you said that I'm a firm believer in, you said relationships matter. And I really want to peel this thing back for a second because there's going to be some people out there that go, oh, you know, relationships don't matter, right? You just have to be able to solve problems and, and deliver outcomes and so forth, which I agree. But if you don't build meaningful, incredible relationships... As a sales professional, in my personal opinion, I think you're dead in the water, at least in 2019, you are.
1: You're so right, Larry. I mean, the, the, I, I've had clients that have told me, and, and keep in mind, I mean, I've worked for small organizations. I've worked for very large organizations. I've had customers that have told me, even though I was a more expensive alternative, that they did business with me because of the relationship, because of the responsiveness, because... I've had situations even where I've recommended a competitor when I knew I wasn't able to do the work. I knew the guy at the at the competitor and I was able to help out and be the trusted advisor. So it, it strengthened the relationship. Um, I think that in certain situations where, especially if you have a strong relationship and you're able to be there time after time, even when there isn't money in it, or you, you almost have the client scratching their head, like, Um, you know, why is this necessarily something that is, is within your purview or is that, is that your job that we're involved in? We're always there, we're present and we're trying to add value wherever we can. And so I think absolutely relationships matter because sometimes the most meaningful, uh, deals both for the client and for ourselves can happen when there's a solid relationship. And I also believe too, over time, if you do right by that relationship, there may not be a deal today. There may not be a deal six months from now, but when they're ready to do business, you're there, you're top of mind. And uh, I think it makes it a much more fruitful environment for deals to happen.
0: Hey, yeah. Daryl, you know what this reminds me of? My what? old favorite saying that in order to have a healthy sales funnel, you must have a healthy relationship
2: funnel. Yeah, there's no question about that. And, and you know, speaking of relationships, and this is, this is where we want to run with this conversation today that I think will be really insightful to our listeners. I know, uh, Carson, that that in your role at Microsoft over the years, you've spent a lot of time in the C-suite, and and you know we talk a lot about uh, the fact that you've got to get valuable before you get visible. You've got to build credibility um, before you get visible, and that certainly, if that if that statement is true, it's a hundred times true when we talk about going into the C-suite. And I'm curious as as we think about all of this this afternoon in terms of relationships and credibility and connection, you know, when you are thinking about the the C-suite relationships that you have built and want to build, I mean, what's going through your mind in terms of, of how to build that credibility and connection at that level of an organization?
1: Daryl, you've hit on a couple of really solid points as far as how we have to differentiate when we're talking to somebody in the C-suite or really even how to get to the table. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you would think, and yes, I work for Microsoft, you'd think that that name opens every door and it doesn't. Not everybody wants to talk to us. Some people look at us like we're a vendor. And, you know, I could talk on a completely separate topic around how we've, um, you know, really changed our approach over the last few years as to become more of a strategic partner. But I think that's how we have to. I was reading an article actually earlier today about how as sellers, we have to do what brands do uh, to build better brand recognition. We're building our own brand. Mm -hmm. And in order to really meet a customer or even a C-suite member where they want to be met or where they need to be met, that's where we have to focus our minds. I do a lot of talking on, on even social and digital selling. And while absolutely those things can be used to get in the door or get attention, it's all about the relationship once you're in there, making sure that you have that face to face, make sure that you're establishing trust and adding value wherever you can. And while every C-suite relationship is different, um, there are some defining factors. Um, I read another article about a month ago that was all about why won't this CEO talk to me? And it's really what it boiled down to was all of the noise that they get. Um, Because imagine, you know, just as as an average seller like I am, I get a lot of noise on LinkedIn. You know, there's a lot of people that reach out. It's like I'm trying to pitch this product, that product. And just imagine what a CEO of an organization is getting. Um, I would imagine Larry, and also being the Dodgers fan that he is, he probably gets ten times the junk on LinkedIn that we get. But my point is, hey, was that a crazy. stab at me, Carson?
0: <laughs> that was awesome, Carson. I Dude, love it. Five points for Carson. I, I, that was I, good. I, I, t- I tell you what, if Mike Weinberg is <laughs> listening to this podcast right now, he is smiling right now. Let me tell you. Let's hope so.
1: Let's hope so. So, but that's the beauty of this is that because of the noise, we can actually turn this into a positive. And if we're able to come to the table with a unique sense of set of value, meet the customer where they want to be met, it adds to the probability that they'll take a meeting with us. Now, I'm not saying that I've been able to get every CEO to talk to me. In fact, that's quite often not the case. But if I'm, if I'm managing, or if I'm going after a hundred, 200 clients, you know, Larry and I talk about the the quality and the value of prospecting daily. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. something that you have to do daily. If you're doing that daily and you're going to try to meet these, these C-suite members on a daily basis, your probability is going to rise, but the quality of your messaging also has to evolve and you've got to talk to them where they want to be met. Um, where we are in a position of power today is we are privy to the press releases. We're privy to the information on their websites. There, uh, you know, there are different things in their vertical. You know, the, in the industry, industry changes, and I think it's important to be able to speak to some of those. But maybe how you can bring some unique value, and frankly, to wrap up the answer to this question, where I've had the most success in getting in front of the C suite has been using the fact that there are resources that I could bring to the table that are not necessarily additional investments. I know for a fact that some of the biggest investments that our clients make are with my company. So, Mm The last thing they want to do is necessarily take out their checkbook and write more before I've already added some additional value. So if I'm able to meet them on projects, priorities, pain points that they may have today, add some value there, make a connection point here, bring in a resource there, I'm already adding value and I'm gaining trust. And so by the time they're ready or there's a conducive environment to talk about what I want to talk about, we'll get there and we'll be there. And I think it's an investment that you make in that relationship that will yield dividends later.
0: Yeah. yeah, but, you know, that, that was, those are some great comments. And, and one of the things is, you know, I picked up on is, you know, we live in this digital world and we, we have to start meeting people where they play, you know, where they, where they want to learn stuff. But in addition to that, I, I think we have to start learning the language of the C-suite. And, and I know that plays out with, with the people that you call on is it's okay to capture the attention. I mean, in fact, it's a necessity to capture the attention of somebody in the C-suite, But once you capture that attention, you got to be able to bring the goods and you got to be able to speak their language or else all this work that you've done just goes for naught.
1: Couldn't agree more, Larry. You know, really, it's all about it's almost like a love language, as it were. It's which I'm learning over time, too, with my wife. You know, I uh, making sure that I'm saying the right things and continuing to add value in that relationship. It's very similar in that we've got to understand and really attune to the needs that exist And the digital thing can be a crutch if we use it as a cold way of trying to make outreach. We need to utilize it as, hey, it's great if I can see that uh, this C-suite member is an alma mater of the same university that I went to. Or if I know that they're a fan of the Dodgers, I'm going to need to talk to them in a different way. So, the key thing here is digital is a great tool to, you know, to influence some of the ways that I may go after trying to get a relationship there. But once you're there, understand what conversations they want to be having. You know, I work a lot with CEOs, CFOs, and obviously CIOs, because we're in that innovation and IT space. Um, And then also folks that are in sales, you know, whether they're looking at a at a uh, business applications type of uh, platform, so it's being able to talk to these what we call different rooms of the house. In essence, you've got to make sure that you understand what their priorities are and be able to
2: speak that language. As Larry said, yeah, I'll validate that. Yesterday morning, I actually got to hear uh, it was it was fascinating. It's a room with twelve hundred um, salespeople value, you know, value added reseller type people. And they interviewed the CFO of one of the major airlines that we all fly on all the time. And, and, um, and they were asking him, it was just fascinating having this, like this environment where they're saying, well, what do you want from us? Like, what do you like from us and from a salesperson? And, you know, he, I mean, this CFO said exactly what you're saying is there's so much noise out there. There There's so many, you know, Vendors, but I I want, I want somebody that can, can come in and earn my trust and truly become a partner and, and truly, you know, understand my business. And what I thought was fascinating is he said, I want to understand their business as well. So I can understand together, we can kind of co-create some value. And um, it it was fascinating to me to hear a C-suite person say, I want them to understand my business, but I want to understand their business too. And, and so that, you know, together we can actually do something. And he said, the other thing that I thought was fascinating is he said, this old way of thinking where we beat you, the vendor, into submission on price to where you're almost bankrupt doesn't work anymore. You know, let's not look at relationships that way. Let's look at relationships in terms of value that we can create. And um, I was, uh, I was kind of, Thinking about that this morning on my LinkedIn, and I was telling, I, I get to work with a lot of IT companies. I was saying, you don't need to be value-added resellers anymore. We need to be value-creating resellers, right? And and that level of and, and you approach that C-suite not just with commonality of Dodgers and whatever university you went to and all of that, but but with a, um, a, a uh, an approach of saying, I want to. I think strategically. I want to think strategically with you and I'm curious how you see that playing out in the relationships that, that are your best relationships at the C level. We're, we're all salespeople. So
1: of course we care about results. And I'm going to yes. highlight an example of where I felt like a really strong relationship led to a, a mutual win. Cause I think that's what we ultimately want to be after as right. sales professionals. Yeah, I was, um, I was working with a client for a couple of years and it was one of those situations where, you know, I was kind of there when they needed me, you know, made some, some, some uh, attempts to get into other parts of the business and they managed themselves in a very siloed fashion. So I had limited success and I follow, you know, the business journals, I have a sales navigator feed. So I was, I was able to see that there were some changes within the C-suite. So I utilized that opportunity to perform some outreach and, Daryl, what you just said was super impactful for me, because my thought process was, I I feel that if you're coming in, and obviously, there's a big Microsoft investment. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that, hey, I'm I'm making sure that you understand kind of where we've been in this partnership. And also some of the value adds that I can bring to the table, you're a new executive. And so you're going to be coming in with the desire to quickly understand where you are, but also your ability to move forward to innovate, you know, you don't make changes in a C-suite without wanting to make changes in the organization. And that's a critical time too, because it's, you've got to be very delicate somehow in how you do that. So I made sure to reach out to this gentleman right away. They had, uh, they had some competing investments with another provider. Um, and so fortunately I got to the table first, I was able to meet with this executive first and foremost, uh, because of an outreach that I did via LinkedIn And that was the last time that the social piece uh, really connected the dots. And I think that's important to point out because that was – pivotal in getting the meeting. But once I was there, I made sure to understand number one, what's your relationship with Microsoft looked like in the past? Where has it worked? Where is it not? What are number two, what are your priorities? Where do you see the business today? And what do you feel are the areas that you need to capitalize on very quickly? Understanding that love language as it were, because I need to understand where are your priorities and where maybe I be able to align. And I think the third component of that is what are where, where's the value that I may be able to add without you committing to anything, without you spending a dime, uh, you know, I I may be able to connect you with this person that can speak specifically to ROI where you've made this change with my organization in the past, or I may be able to recognize or introduce this partner uh, that does Microsoft related work as an example, um, I may be able to recommend this workshop or some of these other things that you'll want to be thinking about. Where are those value adds that I can bring to the table without you having to sign or commit to anything? Where mm-hmm. can I start earning my keep? And then the last piece is after you've done all that, where I think a lot of sellers lose the momentum is we lose it in the follow up. We take all these great notes. We commit to all these great things, but then <laughs> you know, a week or so goes by and that momentum that was flying high is now gone. And you, you almost, you, you never recover because if they don't see you putting the, putting the hustle behind the muscle, they're not going to buy into you. They're not going to have faith in you at that point. And I'll tell you, this was a relationship that, um, over a couple of years span of time was very fruitful for a lot of people. There were some challenges Mm -hmm. But they knew, even though I wasn't always the one who was working with the account, they knew that I was always there. And I was always able to get involved and to help them. And in fact, I was able to help them manage through a very complex deal structure. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of my largest deals that I did a few years back was with them. And so in over time, It's very clear when you look back to see what mattered the most. And number one, it was because I was first to the table. I beat the competitors. I managed to have intel and insight that got me in the door first. But number two, I was actively listening. I attuned to where he was, met him where he wanted to be met, brought in resources and added immediate value. And then three, over time, I was able to be very responsive and resourceful in delivering what they were asking for and what they needed. And that's how I gained that relationship, but that's also how it became very fruitful. And they wow. go to me, even today, they will still reach out to me. I managed the account years ago. Uh, they still reach out to me when they need something. And I am a conduit to greater Microsoft because of that.
0: Yeah. Great stuff. And and, and here's what I want to key in on And And I want people that are listening to the podcast to really pick up on what Carson said, uh, especially in the world that we live in today as sales professionals that listening's the new prospecting. And there's so much that we can do just leveraging simple social tactics that Carson just said is just, you know, we got to spend the time and we got to be proactive and deliberate with how we prospect. But the social Intel that we can all use Mm-hmm. To open up conversations and, and it was music to my ears. Cause Daryl always says this, you know, how we were all trained a gazillion years ago and Daryl's 20 years older than I am. So he's pretty ancient is, you know, he, he would always say the first in wins, right? Remember Daryl, how you, how we were all trained. Absolutely. And, and, and now that we live in this digital world, I just think the first one who can respond and acknowledge and promote is going to win that conversation. Agree?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, of course, because I said it. But uh, yeah, I oh, think you're, you're right. Come first, on, man. First in, no, it, it, here's the point. I mean, first in is, um, I, th- I think first in happens digitally a lot, but also, you know, not to throw too many cliches around, but the way you start a sale is the way you close a sale. So, you know, when we're starting that, that relationship um, and we're doing it with value, with strategy, with insight, with whatever um, adjective you want to throw in there. Um, the, the, you know, it, it, whatever, whatever we're starting the sale with is, is where it's, it's going to end up. And, and I love, you know, what the formula you gave us, and I wrote this down, Carson is mindset plus skill set plus follow up a mindset to serve, right? I want to look, I'd be looking for ways to help, skill set is I got to understand enough about business to actually, and my product and all of that. When we talk about, you know, enhancing our value all the time. Um, And, but that hustle behind it to go, okay, you know, so many, and, and I got to raise my hand and, and confess I'm guilty on this. I mean, so many of us in sales, we hustle around the deal, like getting the deal done and getting the deal closed, but we forget to hustle around the, the, this more simple follow up earlier on in the sales in the buying cycle, you know the the commitment to 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 follow up on those conversations that seem small, but they're actually big because that early early on in the buying cycle is 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 when we're earning the trust, and you know nothing happens without trust. So mindset plus skill set plus plus that f- determined follow up. That's golden, right there, man. And, and I think um, you know one of the areas that
0: that and it's so interesting. Most of the time, people will remember the lack of follow up. They, they they won't. You see, you know where I'm going with this, guys. Follow through, yeah, absolutely. They, they, they won't. They won't talk about. God, Carson did a great job with this, and Daryl did a great job with that. They'll go, man. You know what, Carson did all the right things, but then when it when when it was all said and done, the follow up was pure you know what, right? Right. That's what they remember. But I think yeah. that is where we as sellers
1: can really capitalize if that's the expectation. You know, I'll tell you, I've worked at client, you know, in companies before where when I went in to meet with a client, it, you would get the whole, man, I never hear from your company unless you yes. want my money or you're always showing up when you want to get paid or you've got a renewal with us or whatever it is. And I think I took that to heart. I, I challenged that mindset because there are, look, I've worked in organizations where I had a one call close or I had a two-year deal cycle, right? I mean, I've run the gamut on that. And as Daryl just pointed out, there are critical milestones that have to transpire to get some of these deals done. And the small conversations are the big conversations because i set out on this path. The first conversation that I had with that CEO or that CIO or the CFO you, you lay out what is, what is the desired future state? Where do we want to be together in this partnership? And then I've got to take it upon myself to make sure every day I'm asking myself, what can I do to impact this deal? Now that may be a five second thought process. The answer may be nothing. The ball may be in somebody else's court and you just yeah. need to send a quick instant message. Or it could be, Hey, I need to jump on this and I need to focus on the deal itself. But I'll tell you along the way, and especially as you, as you work with people, even after the deal is done, that's what's going to be get other deals. So your attention to the day to day account maintenance, as it were, for lack of a better word, almost is what is ultimately going to leave the longest impression, because it's one thing to say. And I know a lot of salespeople do it every time there's a changing of the guard. It's kind of like, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss mentality. Yeah, I'm going to come in and I'm going to tell you that the relationship's going to be different, but until you actually see it in action and I'm able to prove the value, you're not going to believe me. And as well, you shouldn't because I haven't done it yet. And I think that ties into the whole selling from the heart, because if your heart is truly in it, you can change that mindset that the client has that you're just going to be like every other seller. Oh, Carson, you're my new best friend. <laughs> that was so then, good. The well, then, Larry, I won't make a crack about the fact that I was nine year old nine years old the last time the Dodgers won the
0: World Series. I was going to oh, say,
2: that. oh, I knew that, I knew that was going to happen. So.
0: <laughs> so now I know exactly how old you are because the last year the Dodgers won the World Series was nineteen eighty eight. So that's right.
1: <laughs> well, we were talking about age before, and I was like, you know. I could really save that one for later, but now if I'm your new best friend, I should probably
0: uh, no because I've already '86 that because the next time I'm in St. Louis, I'll remind myself not to give you a ring.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Probably just call Mike. Well, what a great call Weinberg. (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) I mean, this is this is so good. I wish we had uh, another hour and a half to talk to Carson. We'll have to have you back because this. I mean, there's so many. Uh, great nuggets of sales gold inside this conversation. But that last thing you said, the small conversations are the big conversations that right there is something to just chew on. That's good. And I think, uh, man, I just, I have so many different places I want to run, but we've, we've run out of time. So hey, do you uh, mind, before you wrap this up Daryl? I want
0: to play off that small conversations. Just, just real quick. If I yeah. can. Yeah. Is, I, I always say, you know, and I challenge salespeople out there is how many conversations are you having with your clients or your prospects? There aren't sales related conversations and those, right. Those small conversations.
2: So that's right. That one. That's right. And even some of those digital interactions that you just think aren't that big of a deal. Um, they are right. It's, it's, it's those things everywhere. Uh, that's so good. Small conversations, are the big conversations. The small details are the big details. Well, Carson, any words of wisdom as we wrap up? If you could say anything to the selling from the heart audience, what would you say?
1: Yeah, no. And first off guys, thanks again so much. I I really loved chatting with you guys and you know, I've learned a lot from you guys over the years just with the content you share. So really appreciate just being able to add to the conversation, but to underscore what we just chatted about, I think we we just have to bring everything we can to each interaction. You never know how impactful even those small conversations can be, and it could be as simple as I learned years ago find ways to stay top of mind. You know, don't always make every outreach you make to your client or your prospect about trying to sell them something. It could be as simple as I send an article to somebody that I talked to about six months ago. And I saw an article today that reminded me of that conversation. And it's just sending that prospect or that customer, hey, I saw this today. And it reminded me of our conversation. Because you know why? Now they know you were listening. They know you were paying attention. You weren't just there to try to close a deal. We're trying to build relationships. Now, not everybody wants that. Um, Some people aren't there. Uh, They're not ready to, to have those conversations. But I will tell you, too, especially if you're looking at, you're having frustration, you're beating your head up against the wall in your current role, give it time. Endurance is so critical. I have some customers that it has taken two to three years before they will even take my phone call and then they've turned into my largest deals. But if I wasn't, There or able to jump on that opportunity, or ready and willing to talk at that moment, or hadn't, you know, if I had just moved on and not prospected there anymore, those deals never would have happened. So don't ever give up. Focus on just trying to light that spark that'll
2: light the fire to a quality client relationship. Oh, that's so good. Well, Carson, thank you so much for uh, sharing time with us today and for all that you do. Your passion uh, is contagious. Uh, You definitely want to check out Birth of a Salesman. And uh, man, I just, I, I've so appreciate our conversation today for everyone else out there. uh, Hey, we just want to encourage you. Keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, have small conversations and realize that they're big conversations and above all else sell from the heart.